Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Thirteen felt like 40, 50, 60, whatever. It was really loud. Uh, totally different. I mean, the vibe is way more normal. Uh, you're going to get those kind of performances out of the guys just based on the fan input alone. You saw the defense. The defense was outstanding. Our pitching was great tonight, uh, Monday. And the bullpen, they just um, kind of a formulaic night. But to describe it, <clears throat> a lot more normal. Uh, we felt uh, this is big league baseball again. It was great. That's Joe Madden from the Angels, and uh, Angels got a nice win to start off the year. Trout looked pumped. The fans are out there a little bit, and people are hearing them. That's good. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see Major League Baseball and, and sports kind of back, uh, not all the way back yet like that, but kind of getting there. Uh, Austin, just to follow up on, on our last topic, Austin Meta, I think it is. I can't really read it because my eyes are going bad and I'm in my 40s. Uh, yep, there it is. We, oh, now it just checked off. Said the Astros, when this gets smaller and smaller, this is very hard for me to read. I mean, do you want me to go over. on YouTube quick and look this up? You having no. that much problem? The Astros, yeah, I'm having this much of a problem. The uh, Astros got going to take the heat. Okay. It's their fault gas prices are rising. Yes. Their fault COVID happens. Correct. And their fault, Josh Oliver keeps getting hurt, is what I think it says. <laughs> it's all their fault. Yes, that is correct. And you know, I'll tell you what, Austin, uh, I think it's Maida. Maida. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll look into it. If, if it's going to become a Netflix documentary out of it, then so be it. Uh, but I'll definitely look into it. Lifetime contract for a coach. Yeah. Bill Self, Kansas, probably wouldn't be first on my list. Sure. Who would you vote for? I, w- I would vote for getting ready to pay the players then, if, if this is what we're talking about now. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what I would vote for. No, listen, I mean, I think a, a lifetime coach would have to be Coach K. If, if he's not a lifetime coach already, I don't think he is. Um, to me, once you get a basketball court named after you and you're still the head coach of that team, then, yeah, you're, you're going to get that lifetime deal. Um, but regardless of who the coach is, I always feel like that's kind of risky, isn't it, Brent? Yeah, I think it is a risky thing. Um, there's two things that are really interesting and don't seem to work. The the lifetime contract is whatever, I guess. I, I don't know if that's a reality because I think in five years, if something went bad, you wouldn't honor it. I also think the coach and waiting thing is a, is a great idea. It's a good try to keep somebody there, but it doesn't seem to work very often. Uh, so I, I think they're kind of made up things that, that – you know, bring us to today where we're talking about it. I just don't know how real it is um, in that sense. Uh, so, you know, if I were to give a lifetime contract to somebody, it might be our next guest. Okay. Because I think he's the man fit for the job. You better believe it. And I've On said energy it for a long alone. time. He's the perfect coach for this place at the University of North Florida. And he's been a darn good coach, too. So here I am handing out a lifetime contract to Matthew Driscoll from uh, the University of North Florida. There you go, Coach. You got it. Forget about those one-year yeah, deals now, man. Coach, lifetime contract, courtesy of Brett Martineau. <laughs> well, there, first of all, there's the segue. Second of all, the people from North Florida are going to ask you if you're paying for it. And then third of all, 
They wanted that. Third, most importantly, they want to know if we can get four tickets to the MMA and we can scalp them. Maybe they'll have enough money so they can understand a lot of lifetime concert because I know those tickets are going for probably close to five K right now. Yeah, if you, if you want the good view, coach, it's going to cost about five K. That will cover well, no, a little bit of it. Anything, I'm gonna have a good view. I'm gonna be right on the sideline. He's gonna be all nice. Let's dive into that for a second. First of all, I think you guys said it in reality. What what really is a lifetime contract? It's really just something to tell people, like uh, recruits, uh, people that that coaches coach before, all the NBA guys, uh, boosters that are that are deep into what they've done and the kind of way in which they've done it. But the reality is that you, you can buy that person out. You can pay that contract off. I'm sure there's something inside that contract that they can do whatever, or they can shift positions. They can move them into administration, mm. put them into fundraising, or put them into something else if that time comes and now he's an, an emeritus or something like that that works for the president or, or helps raise money or bring in funds and so I really think you guys hit it on the head. I, I don't think it's a bad thing to do. I think it sends a loud message, uh, especially for a guy like him, who, by the way, he entered the league the same year Coach Drew did, so 18 seasons now after Roy Williams left. So, you know, it's, it's really you talk about someone who's been there, committed for a long time. Well, then why do it? Why do you have to do it? It just, it just sends a message, uh, putting someone's name on the court or – you know, putting them in the Hall of Fame before they die, which I think is really something that they should do more often. You know, before people pass, let's put them in the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, so I, I get why they did it. I understand the optic. I think the optics is probably the biggest thing. And, um, you know, it is it is what it is. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. But, but I will say this, guys. From our conversation last week, and for what we talked about, about the certain things to look for and who you should really pay attention to and who's this and who's that, we were really, really, really on point. I thought we had a lot of good things that we discussed that came to fruition. Um, so this Final Four talk, it's going to be exciting because I, I, I think we're on to something as far as what we understand. Well, and Coach, I'll be honest. I think we should do a podcast next year and start making some real money off it because the way we've been talking about this Final Four shaping out, we haven't done a bad job talking about it. Let's hope the betters are listening to it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> hey, before we get to the final... American, hey, before we get to the Final Four uh, question, I, I want to ask you about uh, Roy Williams and, and retirement. It wasn't an April Fool's joke, apparently. We wondered if it was. Um, well, his impact on the game, uh, from your perspective, a, a guy that uh, obviously has been in the college basketball world for a while now. So a couple things. Number one, I was hoping so badly that he was going to come out to his press conference and say, I know most of you were thinking or wondering if this was an April Fool's joke, but in reality, I want to let you know that I've decided to enter the coaching uh, transfer portal. And he was, <laughs> instead of being a player entering the portal, he was going to be a coach entering the portal and see who wanted him. Uh, but, but you know, he stepped away from it. If you read his quotes, he's not ill. He's not sick. He just thinks that uh, it, some things have passed him. Um, he didn't like the way, the way some things transpired. Uh, he doesn't like the way in which some of the uh, uh, things that were more simple or maybe more 
uh, uh, genuine as far as the way the profession was going and all those things. He just felt like getting to be 70 now and, and being at that age and doing this for so long. You know, the thing that he'll always be famous for, in my opinion, you know, everybody talks about the Carolina break. Um, and I think, you know, of course, Dean started it, but I think Roy took it to Kansas. And when he took it to Kansas, he made it even that much more popular. Um, and what you guys don't know is that in 03, when I got hired at Valparaiso, Coach Drew gave me a project when I first got there, eight, eight uh, video VHS things. And he said, I want you to tell me why Kansas is so great in early offense and what they do. Kirk Heinrich, if you remember, was the point guard. Yeah. So oh, I that's right. Roy Williams. And I came away with the answer. And what's crazy is Coach Drew, to this day, 18 seasons later, going to the final forward chance of the national championship, has never used one thing that I told him about that experiment and about that, <laughs> that, that, uh, that task. He, I'm serious. He never used one thing that I gave him. But the beauty of it is, guys, as I learned in JUCO from Coach Hartung, is that you'll never waste a moment and you never waste an opportunity for, for some reason or for some way, it's going to come back for, you know, full circle. Sure enough, when I get the job at the University of North Florida, we enter the ball the way Kansas enters the ball. We cut the lane line the way Kurt Heinrich cut the lane line. And we're one of the best offensive teams in the country because we do those things. So for me, Roy Williams will always be a part of us because we really took what he did and we, 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 we put it into, into play all the time as we enter the ball. So I think he's he, – the other thing, too, about him, too, is he was like a, a coach's coach. Like, he was like a, a, a real human being. He was very, very, very humble, uh, very, very, very uh, easy to talk to. I do this thing on Sundays in recruiting, and it's called Championship Sundays. And what do I do? Uh, do you know? Hmm. You can I follow nothing. me on Twitter, and I'll feel. Okay, I probably should know. I do follow you on Twitter. So I bring, so so I so I bring uh, uh, Dunkin' Donuts on Sunday morning, and the reason I bring it is because of my faith and my belief. I feel like I can give a blessing to these guys who might have had a late Saturday night and maybe didn't get a chance to get up early enough to get a, a Sunday <laughs> breakfast. So I bring these donuts, and one time, one time I went by Roy Williams. And, you know, 8 o'clock game, you know, and obviously it's a good player if Roy Williams is there. And, and I walk by the coaches, you know, and I walk around, and I just like, you like a donut? Would you like a donut? And I walked, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I wonder if Roy Williams is going to take a donut. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Seinfeld episode, you know, when once my man was dunking, uh, what's his name? What was uh, it? Uh, what was the famous baseball uh, guy? You're talking about uh, uh, the, 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 no, the, the Yankee Clipper. Who was the Yankee Clipper? Uh, DiMaggio. Jo, yeah, jo, Joe DiMaggio, the, the Yankee Clipper. Yeah, he was dunking it. Yeah, he was over there going, hey, hey, hey. You know, but, but, but my point is, I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder if Roy Williams is going to grab a donut. So I walk over, and I'm like, I'm like, Coach, I'm like, I'd like to give you a blessing. Would you like a donut? And he, without hesitation, you could see he was waiting for me to come. And he's like, he's like, hey, thanks. And I said, by the way, there's a, if you want two, you and he said, absolutely. You know what I mean? So, like, that was that was really cool. That he, you know, he just he's just a dude, dude, and and uh, I'm happy for him. And uh, and obviously, uh, um, you know, whoever gets that job, you know, they can throw out whatever name they want to throw out. But uh, it's a different level. Uh, being in the ACC for five years, I understand Carolina and Duke and that stuff. And 
it's a whole different level when you coach in a place like that. It's a lot more than coaching basketball, if that makes sense. Coach, let me follow up one more time before we get to more of the Final Four. But I had this, and I'm not afraid to say it sometimes. I think in college football and college basketball, I think we can get really wrapped up in the coaches. Uh, especially in big-time ball. The salaries are so much. It feels like it's coach-centric so much. Um, and I don't like that. I, I don't like that part sometimes. But I, I don't want to confuse that with, especially with some of the stuff that's gone on in the NCAA, that everybody's a bad guy. Overall, when you run into some of these coaches that everybody knows, these big-time coaches, if you will, are, are, is the profession full of a lot of good people and genuinely – so, the people that, so that are trying to groom said, young men. I can't men. believe you asked this question. Like sometimes I think you guys are like, like following me on my phone. Like so, <laughs> so Carrie asked me this all the time, like during the tournament. You know, because I'm 56 now, as president, assistant coaching. So obviously I know a lot of people. And like she's like, what about what about him? What about him? And I keep saying, yeah, he's a really good guy. He's a really good. Carrie, here's what I think, guys. I think everywhere in life, everywhere in life. Um, you know, you want to talk about uh, the priesthood, you want to talk about professors, you want to talk about uh, lawyers, whatever. I think there's like 95% of the people are good dudes. And then there's 5% that, you know, whack it out. And the problem is the 5% sometimes get all the headlines and they make the water look a little bit mucky. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like Tom Izzo, I can remember like it was nothing. I, I told Coach Kennan, I, I said, listen, before we get up, Tom Izzo is going to be on his phone at this, at this court. He's like, no way. I like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Now, I didn't know at the time the Cavs were going at him hard. But, like, every day I'd seen him out on the road. So he's sitting next to me, and his phone rings, and, and Coach Kennett was on the other court. So I take a picture of it, and I send it to him. And he kind of looks at me kind of like, oh, I'm like, what are you doing? And I turn to Coach Izzo, and I said, you just don't realize this, but Coach is going to buy me dinner tonight. You know? So he like looked at me and laughed. I said, Coach, I just had a bet that you were going to, you know, Coach is going to buy dinner tonight because you picked up your phone and made a phone call. And then what's funny is, so I go play Michigan State. He says to me after the game, maybe it's about 30. And uh, he says to me after the game, he says, uh, hey, this is the exact quote, guy. This is the year we won the championship in 15, 14, 15. He says to me, Golly, Coach, you guys looked a whole lot dumb. Uh, you guys, no, no, he didn't say you look. You guys played a whole lot better against IU than you did tonight. <laughs> and I and I looked at him and I kind of paused. And this brother ain't never had to do what we had to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this brother ain't never had to go play $500,000 a day. And I looked at him like he's straight. And, and, I, and I wanted to laugh, but obviously I'm not going to. I said, Coach, you just don't understand what we have to do. And he, and he kind of shrugged his shoulder. He's like, Oh, good luck the rest of the season. It's good to, you know. So, I mean, like, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of good dudes out there. I mean, Billy Donovan, like, it, like he almost screwed up the whole Dallas War recruitment. Because he kept, you know, hey, man, somebody better get honest to him. Somebody better get honest to him. I'm like, Coach, like, can you just be quiet? He, like, like, somebody better, like, I thought quit sitting with him. You know, and he, he's, he's a good friend, you know. And so, like, like, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of good ones. And I know, like, they make a lot of money. But, Brent, check this out. So my man from the Mets makes, what, 341 now, right? Signed 10 years, yeah. right? Yeah. So you read the story about him when he was 15 years old and about where this kid was driven and how Incredible. great a hands he had. And, you know, and I'm just – I'm not saying nothing about, about Ty or, you know, you, you're like like Russell Mile, like guys, you know, good golfers that are young and, and they got what they – like, check this out. Like, if you're that dude, right, why should anybody be mad at these dudes? Because the owners are the ones paying them. So here's a guy. Let's, let's say let's say Saban, for instance. 
here's a guy that's bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars to the to the Tuscaloosa community, to the school in general, to the business school, the nursing school, the law school. Like if you look back and you see all the years he's been there, and that like Forbes Forbes magazine did an article on this, how much money since Saban's been in Alabama that's come into that town, into that school, and not football money. Like, people moving in, people staying, tuition going up. Like, think about that. Out-of-state tuition is twice as in-state. All those out-of-state kids that come to school that want to go to a football school. Like, so the amount of money that these people are generating, if they were the CEO at AT AT&T or they the CEO at uh, uh, Delta Airlines or wherever, right, CBS, Right, if they were like whatever, like ESPN, like those people would be having like you know eight million dollar bonuses or twenty million dollar bonuses or or share stock or or whatever because of what they're doing, you know, for the, for the common good of everything. And then you say, well, that's why we should pay the athletes, and that's obviously a conversation that we could get into forever. So mm-hmm. I, I just think sometimes these coaches get the raw the raw end of the conversation. Like, well, they. They're making. Why do they make it ten million dollars? Well, if you're bringing in a hundred million dollars, I mean, it's no different than the CEO at at, at at a major corporation. Yeah, that's a good point. That's why we still get paid peanuts, Austin. You and me, yeah, zero economic doubt. impact on this place. Without a doubt. <laughs> hey, I mean, do, do, do you remember the show that got all the awards? Um, um, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Um, it was like a true Friends. story. No, oh. no, 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 no. But that's a good answer. I didn't describe that right. Um, it, uh, um, uh, just recently, it was called Good Morning. Oh, it was uh, the morning show. The morning show. Yeah. The morning show. It yeah. was like a. It was like I think it was like kind of a true story about the guy that got in trouble for the sexual misconduct or whatever. He had a button in his office or something like that. Anyways, like when you watch that show and you really pay attention to that, like those people were making like. 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year. Yeah. Those big time people on TV that, you know, the Good Morning Show and, the, and, and all that kind of stuff. And you say, oh my Lord, like they're making that. Well, guess how much the corporation's bringing in? Yeah. You better believe like, it. No like doubt. Billions. You, you see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So, no doubt. So that's a good show, by the way. Hey, I'll look it up, and uh, Coach, that's why we have you on for free. It's just to tell us who's going to be in the championship <laughs> game and win the Final Four. Uh, Gonzaga Baylor, General right? Hospital is the best. Don't forget General Hospital is the best uh, uh, soap opera. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that my grandma would I agree thought, with you. I thought it was Days cool. of Our Lives. But, uh, no, hey, no you, go, hey, you, you know that story about Elway, though, right? I think it was Days of Our Lives, wasn't it? Uh, you no. heard that story about Elway, right? No, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all need to Google it. Look it up. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't get on the plane. I think he was gonna, um, I think he was gonna sign with Denver, and um, 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 he wouldn't get on the plane until like three o'clock because he had a thing with his lineman. They all watched. It was either Days of Our Lives or or one of those. They watched the soap opera every afternoon. So he told them that he couldn't get there till three. Yeah, look up, Google it, look it up. You'll see, it's a good article. Well, now, good. now it even makes me more upset that he beat the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like now, now, like I, I thought I was over it, and now I'm just even more upset about it. So thanks, Coach. Uh, yeah, this guy, this guy watches soap operas. He's beating my team. <laughs> hey, it's got to be Gonzaga Baylor, right? On Monday night, is that who's playing for the title? What do you think? I, I, yeah, I mean, when you look at the number ones and, and, and kind of what they've had to persevere through, and if you look at Gonzaga all year long and how consistent they've been from the beginning, 
um, all the way through where they are now. And then Baylor, the 23-day pause was a huge uh, interruption. It was very, very uh, um, uh, 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 bad timing, so to speak. However, it's interesting talking to Coach and, and, and the assistants. Like, they think, like, last year when they were, like, 26-2 and two or whatever they were, they think they may have peaked a little too early. Huh. Hmm. And now, because of the pause, they feel like they've been able to kind of get some stuff and kind of regroup and kind of re- re-understand some sort of thing. So they think we're actually trending in the right direction now, which is an interesting. And I told Coach, we really got to dive into this more after the season to see how you can take an older team like this and actually make a pause without it really having a pause. But anyway, definitely going to be, you know, it, I would say on the book, let's just start with the opener, Houston. When you look at these guys, they have one of the best offensive plays, might be since Wooden in, invented, uh, you know, all the offense that everybody uses. And it's called a shot. And it's called a missed shot. And their favorite play is missing a shot. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, they're number two in the country or one, uh, as crazy as Baylor's number six, at fetching their own shot and then fetching it multiple times. They have a lot of guys that we call recoil guys, guys that can get down and back up before you can reload and do your jump. And because of that, that makes them extremely dangerous. If you watch the game, they'll have four guys, like, inside the paint, close to the charge arc, going to the glass, which means incredible bad balance getting back. So if Baylor can take advantage of securing those, and making sure they take advantage of keeping guys uh, uh, between, uh, you know, between the rim and, and the guy that they have a body, they can really expose them because their guards are so explosive. But Houston, let, pay attention to that, what, what we just talked about, because I think that could cause some problems, especially early. And now it makes their – you know, here's the other thing too, Brent, that people don't realize, a team like Houston that does that, they also slow down your transition because you don't have guys either A, starting to leak out, or guys that, you know, you really got to have five dudes locked in to whatever their dudes are doing because their dudes are coming once, twice, three times. Isn't that a song? One, three times twice, a lady. No Kenny Rogers, baby. That's not Kenny Rogers, bro. Yeah, you know, how, 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 how dare you? Is that Kenny Rogers? That's a long song, by the way. I, I was thinking about Knock two times on the ceiling if you want. Twice on the pipe. <laughs> you ain't got it. Yeah. No, uh, anyway. once, uh, th- three times a lady's, I believe, Lionel Richie. Uh, Lionel Richie's a great singer by Commodores. Nobody even knows he came from the Commodores. But yeah, you when you look at right. Houston and you think about that, but Baylor, if you can see now their guards are really starting to flow, the three-point shot, timing is coming back. And it obviously they, they have some stars. You know, Mitchell is, is – and this is just my opinion, is probably going to be end up being even a better NBA player than Butler because his de- defensive prowess is ridiculous, and it's hard to even stop him getting to the rim. So I love Baylor, but I would do say let's, let's just pay attention to how Houston fetches because if they can fetch, it, it, they're going to be in the game. And then when you look at, you know, Gonzaga, they're playing against a team that we both, all three of us, talked about yeah. last week at length. And that people just don't know much about. And when you look at UCLA, you're like, you know, of course, VCU's done the same thing coming out of the first four. But when you really look at what UCLA's done and what they're trying to do, you start to think, golly, 
Could they be the team that has just enough stuff? But in reality, if you guys have watched closely, like, how do you really guard Gonzaga? Mm. I don't know. Take away. No, that, that's a great point. I think if you were to beat Gonzaga, you have to make it a, a hard-fought, physical type of brand of basketball, which UCLA can you mean do. Like a, you mean like a like a 50-49 to 49 game? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, it's it's going to have to be, a, you know, just like a in-your-face kind of defensive, just a nasty kind of game, which I think UCLA is capable of doing. Yeah, but, but here's the problem. Here's the key to your statement. UCLA is capable of doing it, but Michigan wasn't afraid to play at that True. At that kind of uh, Big Ten, because they're used to that Big Ten kind of stuff. True. Gonzaga, like, they ain't trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, they ain't trying to get it and get it up on the rim fast. And they don't care, like, if it's close or not. Like, you know how many guys they played the other night, guys, in their win? No. Seven. <laughs> they played seven dudes. They won by 20-some. They played seven dudes. Jeez. Like, these dudes are locked and loaded. So you take away Timmy, okay, double him, great. We're going to spray it. Next thing you know, we're getting three. Or we're kicking it out to sub, and you're getting long clothes and he's driving it. Now he's dropping it to Timmy, or he's kicking it to Kisper. Like, and then Eli, number 11, like, like, that dude can just make shots, and he's like the forgotten dude that nobody cares about because some other dudes are like Wooden Ward finalists. So, like, he's He's, like, stepping up, like, making shots and doing all this stuff. So I think it's going to be a very, very difficult task if they make it a street fight. And and I know it's their best chance. So maybe, Boston, you're, you're you know, from your MMA world. Let me ask you this question. <laughs> sure. No, let me ask you this question. If it's a speed, if it's a speed person. Yes. And someone that's extremely has speed. Yes. And wants to get things so what do you do? Do you dance around the edges? Do so you play, um, what do you call that? Uh, what do you call that when you guys uh, in and out real quick, like you hit and go back and hit and go back? I don't know what you call that. Uh, I mean, it's such a, it's kind of like an in and out, but what you're saying is if I'm going to fight a guy who has me in speed and obviously athleticism would be part of that, how do I how do I defeat him is what you're saying? Yeah, like how do you make it up? So, yes. Yeah, like you want. You, you'd rather it be a three-foot ring. Yeah, yeah. And he can't use all that. Yeah, so, so here's what you do. If, if you fight a guy, and let's say it's a standard, you know, cage, um, and you're going against a guy who's super athletic, um, he has the striking capabilities, you have to get in his face because he's not accustomed to that. You know, like MMA, it's a dance. And usually if you're the better striker, you're going to control that dance. Whether you're doing the polka or you're doing like a slow dance, like you control the dance. It's your job as the opponent to get in that guy's face and disrupt that rhythm. If you can disrupt that rhythm, it throws it all out of whack, and now that guy's not comfortable anymore, and now you're leading the dance. So I would say get in his face. So UCLA is going to have to destroy their rhythm. Yes. In order to do that, so here's the question on the here, – here's the, sorry about that. Here's the counter question. The counter question of what you're saying is, okay, great. Well, what are you going to do offensively? Are you going to hold the ball? Are you yeah. going to tell your guys we can't shoot to under 10? Are you going to try to make this thing, uh, uh, you know, one of those kind of deals? Because that, like, like, um, and I can't pronounce his last name, but like number three and number four, I'm a good number guy. Like number three and number four, like them jokers, they can score. They're high major scores. They can get the ball to the rim. They can make a lot of plays. You know, like so, so uh, like Tiger, their point guard, can do those things. Are you going to tell them, like, here's what we got to do, guys. We can't shoot till under ten, mm. which 
could take you out of your own rhythm mm-hmm. and some good shots you get. And let's not forget this too, guys. Gonzaga can guard. It's yeah. like they're stiff. So yeah. I, I think I think if you got two different spectrums, and I think it's really hard for a guy. I'm, I'm, no disrespect to you. I'm just telling you. I think it's really hard for a guy. Like I think it's hard. I think it's, you're better off to beat Tyson and try to go out there and try to knock him out as, as fast as you can and as quickly as you can. Um, you know, j- 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 just when that with that with that aggression. So. I think UCLA is, is, is in a no-win situation, in my opinion. Well, Coach, well, the reason why I'm back at UCLA right now is because Mick Cronin was at Murray State as the head coach. So you you know where my <laughs> allegiance lies right now. i got to put on for the Murray State so, Racers, dude. Well, first of all, Mick and I go back a long time. So, you know, there, there, there's a lot of history between us, too. But yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not making these, I'm not making these comments based on, on, on relationships. No, I'll I tell you a funny story about Mark Pugh. In 1998... When we were at Wyoming, we played in the NIT, and we lost the first round game in, in the WAC tournament. We thought we were nineteen and eight. We thought we we're gonna if we won, get to twenty and eight, we we're gonna go to the tournament, and we got upset. And we played in the NIT, and Mark Few was an assistant at Gonzaga. And and what's crazy is we all went to eat at the Village Inn and had breakfast. And this is in nineteen ninety seven, and I'm I'm just doing Division One. I'm thinking to myself, I can't like. Like, staffs get together and have breakfast before they play each other? <laughs> but, like, that's the way it was back in the day. Like, that's just the way it was. Like, it was, there was no, you know, there was no anything. There was no, you know, secrets or, or animosity or any that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, so that, 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 that's been my first dealing with Mark Few. So, I'm with you. I, Mick, Mick's done an incredible job with his, with his, with his career. Um, to leave Cincinnati and, and to go to UCLA, which, by the way, like, Ben Hallen went to love two or three final fours and he got fired um you know so you know i'm serious like you know out out there final fours are great and and they're gonna love mick for getting them back on that you know on that path but national championships are what or what they uh or what they pay them for so um i'm happy for mick and i know you are too but i think gonzaga is too much and i think we go gonzaga baylor on monday yeah well let's uh, talk about you gonna be in indy of course i'm actually on my way now uh, coach has uh, been very gracious, and he's and he's taking care of us, and uh, and uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be extremely emotional. Uh, I did a story today with Dana O'Neill, and the more stories I do, the more stories I tell. It's amazing um, to think 18 years ago one player murdered another, and um, and now they're they're getting a chance to play for a national championship. It's it's an amazing amazing build that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah, it's one of the most amazing stories in sports, like, ever, quite frankly. Uh, Matthew Driscoll, safe travels, man. We'll talk about it again. We'll see how it goes tomorrow night and then on Monday in the Final Four. Appreciate your time. Thank you, my brother. That's Matthew Driscoll, University of North Florida basketball coach. Lifetime contract. Lifetime contract to be a guest here on the show. We covered Roy Williams, the Final Four. We got a little Commodores and Lionel Richie in there. It wasn't Kenny Rogers. That's Lady. I'm your knight in shining armor, and I love you, Mm. Kenny Rogers. We got a little uh, Days of Our Lives in General Hospital in there. A little Seinfeld reference. Joe DiMaggio, Yankee Clipper. Yep. It's unbelievable. And we have Steven back here just stressing the heck out because we've gone over our spot. This is the first day on the show. Oh, yeah, about seven minutes. Yep. Steven, you're doing a great job. Hang in there. we got Shock Your Mock next. This oh, is just nothing. wait. It's about to go off the rails, Steven. <laughs> Shock Your Mock next on ESPN 690.
Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Coos. There's, there's your clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer name. Oh, I'm using that tonight. Oh, gamer name. Check your boy, Eric, Eric Clapton. Clapton. Oh, that's so good. Brent Martineau. Yeah. You guys it's just nice. had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back live at Hidden Hills Golf Club here on a Friday Easter weekend. we got the Masters coming up next week. By the way, Austin Kim, remember we had her on this week from Nice High School product uh, right over here in uh, northeast Florida. She goes to Vanderbilt. Austin, she made the weekend. She made the Saturday round at Augusta National at the Augusta National Women's Amateur. So she'll play at Augusta today in a practice round tomorrow. Not only that, Austin, A-U-S-T-E-N, mm. but the Austin A-U-S-T-O-N uh, is tied for third. She's one shot back. She has a chance to win the thing tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's that ESPN 690 bump. It happens the bump. all the time. Um you know, I think that Flagler had a little bit of that. Now, they couldn't win the big one, but they still got to the Final Four. Nevertheless, it's that 690 bump, man. It's real. Start taking it seriously and start taking note. Yeah, and I've been, by the way, in the past, like we've been a jinx in that regard, but not on ESPN 690. We will elevate you. Who we jinxed? Oh, not us, like in in like in oh. my career. Like, oh, you go visit hometowns, yeah. Yeah, like go do a story on somebody get yeah. cut the next week, uh, or like a broken leg or Hopefully something. Hopefully, Trevor <laughs> Lawrence can. I'm not. I'm knocking on so much wood. Hopefully, Trevor Lawrence can break no. that streak. But here's the deal. I mean, we're, all we're trying yeah. to do is say, hey, Trevor, you might want to join us on the show from time to time. Oh know? yeah, no, I got you. But I'm talking about the jinx if you go to his hometown. That nah, that, that can stop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in that stuff. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, there's no jinx. The, the jinxes can stop. Trevor Lawrence yeah. is going to put it to bed. Same thing with We're Urban on, Meyer as well. That's right. We're on the bump. Yes. We're in the bump business now. Yes, yes. Um, by the way, uh, Hills Golf Club, uh, make sure you check it out. You can uh, come out and play anytime. Public course, I've had an excellent couple years. It was a really good move to go to be a public course. Have to be in private for so long. Russell would be just a fantastic guy, and, and they've done a great job over here at Hidden Hills. Uh, so many people know about this course in town and, and have seen it over the years. Uh, you can play it at a discounted rate. All you got to do is go to ESPN690.com, Dream 18 card, Hidden Hills Golf Club, uh, one of the many courses you can get discounted golf, also some free stuff. So uh, check it out, ESPN690.com, Masters Week, which means you probably have some golf fever uh, coming up. All right, it is shock your mock time. Let's do it. Can't wait to see what we have. Hit it, Steve. Do you have the button? Steve? Yeah. Okay. 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 Man, the shock. Is a Justin Cousart because, yeah, he said he's at a wedding, but let's be honest, no one's getting married on a Friday. I went to corporate yesterday after the whole button debacle, after the, the, the whole button controversy that was, uh, uh, needless to say, it, it was a disaster socially and culturally. And I went to corporate. Uh, he's a personal friend of mine. He's a Murray State alum. And I got Justin Cousart on suspension for a couple of days. And, and he's going to think about it. 
It's a buzz He's going to think about the buttons that he presses at those certain times. Now, hey, Stephen, no pressure to you. It's going to be a button-free show today, okay? Uh, don't worry about that. I see you already put the, the, the picture up there. That's fine. I didn't signal for you to put the picture up there, but that's, that's okay, though. You're doing a great job. But, Brent, we have a special. He's, he's nervous, and I love it. He's like, wait, he fights in the MMA. He's 6'6", 245. I've never worked with this guy. He's got a beard. He's kind of scary. Oh, no, man. Hey, don't worry about it. Me and Steven are homies, though. Me and Steven, actually, we, we talk anime all the time, so he's, uh, okay. he, he's a cool cat in my book. So I got your being, back, Steven. Don't worry. Don't you. What is that going to mean? All right. So with that being said, we're, we're going to Jacksonville, John, today. Now, Brent, you know how I operate things. I run a tight ship here at, Sh- at Shock Your Mock. Basically, what you do is is that you submit your thing, and then we go in order, right, from, from the earliest up until the latest. Well, Jacksonville, John kind of broke the queue a little bit because he kind of had a couple things going in his favor. Number one, he jumped in a big thing of mayo uh, and actually proposed to his fiance before that. Obviously, shout out the Tennessee Titans. What's up with that mayo, though? What is up with the mayo? Why does it smell like mayo over there? We don't know. So he's jumped in mayo, and he also told me he's a big wrestling fan and a big anime fan. Brent, a guy after my own heart. So in an unprecedented move here on Shock Your Mock, this guy has jumped the queue. Okay, and he's jumped the queue because I said so. If you check the T-shirt, 50% of it is my giant face with my beard and dreads on it, and I can do whatever I want. So today it's going to be a special Shock Your Mock anime edition, by the way, because in in honor of Jacksonville John, so it's going to be an anime edition. So, Brent, feel free to get a hot dog at that baseball park. Feel free to sit this one out, go to the bathroom, do what you got to do. It is what it is. Okay. I'm at a golf course, so I'll play a couple holes. Well, yeah, that's my bathroom. I don't know, man. You're always someplace. You're in some kind of field. It looks like you're at a baseball diamond right now. I don't know, man. That's, that's all right. Take it away. You have about six minutes before we got to hit break. Go. No, I mean, no, no, no. If Driscoll can go 10 minutes over, I, I can go at least 20 minutes over. So, hey, number one, don't threaten me with time restraints on shock your mock. Okay, I'm the shock master. I'll take as long. And Steven, put your hands outside of your face because what I say goes, okay? He, he's rubbing his eyes and now stressed out. It's okay. Let's get into it, though. Pick number one, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, enough said. Get him a t-shirt. Get him a t-shirt for jumping in that mayo, but get him a t-shirt regardless. Listen, long, luscious locks. Can't wait to get that man here in Jacksonville. Maybe getting that sun a little more, bring a little more blondness to the to the to the chic, a little more blondness to the mane, if you will, like a majestic steed, or like Goku turning. Do I dare say Super Saiyan level three, Stephen? Super Saiyan level three. Oh man, and, level and, three. Yeah, and to all you annoying Majin Boos out there in the national media that want to hype up Zach Wilson. You better take note. Once again, Brent, it's anime talk. You don't get it, and neither do our listeners. But I tell you what, Jacksonville John gets it, and that's all that matters. All right, so now let's go to pick number 25, Rondale Moore. More that John uh, John Pierre Polnoff type, right? Speed, speed, speed. We call him Silver Chariot. Very unassuming with the armor, uh, but when he has his pads on and everything like that, the guy's aggressive. He's actually a lot more physical than what he looks like. Um, unassuming power and strength, but he can hold up to a, a tough challenge. The one thing is, though, in the grand scheme of this mock draft, and in the grand scheme right now uh, of the of the Jacksonville Jaguars, a.k.a. the Stardust Crusaders, as we're going with right now, is he more of a centerpiece or is he more of just a co-character, of just a co-star? 
That's what we got to ask. We got Rondale Moore here at pick number 25. I like him a lot. He's my dark horse of this entire draft. But is 25 too high at a position that isn't necessarily a necessity and possibly a level you can get him at number 33 or 45? So that's how I feel about that one. Pick number 33, Levi and Brent, go ahead and give me the last name. Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, This is a tough one. Azabuke? Yeah, yeah, close enough. Yeah, on on was Zerke. Yeah, okay, close enough. Um, This to me, and ironically (laughs) enough. Yeah, 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 you're way off. Small print here. Yeah, but with the. (laughs) And you have the worst eyes ever. I can't. Dude, get those fixed. Get some LASIK surgery. So, so with this one, this this guy reminds me of Levi from Attack on Titan. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. Okay, well, much like Levi on Attack of Titan, he's got all the skills. He's got all the power. He's got the first step. He's got the strength to be a beast. And he might be the best guy in the group. But I haven't seen enough of this dude. Okay? He's only had three sacks uh, for his highest total season. I think that was two years ago. And as a guy that you can develop him as, as a 3-4 defensive end, I get it. But I also want a little more guy that I can see a little more on film that can pop out a little more. Like, we watch Attack on Titan. Yeah, we see Levi do his thing. But is it enough? Is it enough, everybody? I, I think people would say absolutely not. I like this guy in the run game. I don't like him in the pass game right away. Um, he's raw. Takes some time. But at pick 33, you could do worse. And you got to address Tyson Alualu not being part of this organization. Pick number 45, we got Javon Holland. Um, to me, this is easy. This is Rock Lee from Naruto or Naruto, depending what you say. Steven, are we going Naruto or Naruto? Naruto, but Naruto if I want to annoy people. All right, sounds good. So let's go with Naruto. All right, so Javon Holland, he's 6'1", 200 pounds safety. Now, I call him Rock Lee because he's legit, he's smart, he's got the instincts, uh, and he's, he's the mastermind of that secondary back in Oregon. But he's small, okay? He's to the point where maybe his size can affect his playing ability where you put him at corner instead of safety. He's not afraid to mix it up with the bigger dudes in the run game. Um, and he's got that mentality, that physicality, but he's a little undersized right now for my liking, around 6'1", 200 pounds. And also keep in mind, in a lot of 3-4 defenses, this guy's got to take on the tight end. Okay, This guy's got to go man on the tight end. I wonder if he's a little undersized to do that. But once again, he's got the skills, he's got the heart. Can he get it done? Yeah, we'll see. Rock Lee from Naruto. Uh, next pick, we got Bevan Jordan. Alex Louise Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, not the original. I'm going Brotherhood here. He's a specimen, Brent, tight end. Um, you know, you take one look at him, looks like he was carved from stone. Mm-hmm. Um, poses all the abilities to be special. He finds himself in a class where two guys are ranked higher than him. Keep that in mind from Full Metal Alchemist. But raw potential, but can he live up to it? Um, I like him a lot, but obviously we talk about Pat Frymuth being kind of the coveted guy right now. He's the next in line, I believe. But Bevan Jordan, it's kind of the boomer bust pick right now. Next pick, we got how much time we got left here? About three or four minutes? Yeah, we're fine. All right, next pick, we got Trey Smith. Trey, uh, We got Trey Smith? Yeah, Trey Smith. Interior offensive line out of Louisville, I believe. Right, Brent, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Okay. Trey Smith is Escanar, a.k.a. Pride of Seven Deadly Sins. Um, he's the strong, he could be the strongest dude of the group. Physical, huge, um, has, a, has a mean streak to him. But all the conditions got to be right for this guy to succeed. 
because he's had some heart issues. Um, he's, he's had some blood clot issues as well. So you have to ask, do you have the environment for him to succeed? Because also he's, I think he's more suited to a power running game as maybe a spread or a zone running scheme, depending what Urban Meyer wants to, to run. So you need everything to go right to get the best out of this guy. It's a risk. You're taking him at pick 106, so I, I get that. But it's a risk with all those intangibles um, to be said. Last he's a one, Tennessee guy, by the way. Sorry, I was way off. Louisville, Tennessee, same thing. My bad. Yeah, he's a Tennessee guy. I get guy. for agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get, man. You got to do your homework, too. I'm doing anime homework. Where you at? All right, so I'm let's... Trying to, I'm locked in. I'm just trying to follow. Yeah, I got you. So the last one we're going to go with here, Chuba Hubbard who seems to be rising up draft boards right now because he ran a 4-3 at his pro day. Once again, who didn't run a 4-3? But at the same time, to me, this guy is like Isaac Nertro from uh, Hunter Hunter. Now, people probably don't know that main character, but he was probably one of the biggest bosses in the entire show. Uh, people forget how great this dude truly was. I'm talking about both guys here in anime and in college football. Um I think he gets lost in the shuffle sometimes because there was so much hype around him, and then he kind of fell off. We have guys like ETN, you got guys like Najee Harris. Don't forget about Chuba Hubbard. He has a he has the skill set, um, he has the speed, obviously, and I think he has the intangibles to possibly be considered maybe the best running back out of this entire group. So I like that pick there at value. Running it off, we got Shaka Tony, Justin Hilliard, and Manny Rugma. Um, Overall, not a bad draft, Brent, but once again, I'm not shocking really anybody today because I got to talk about anime on the show for a good 10 minutes, so I'm happy. And we got to go out here because Steven's... Well, what's up? I pushed some commercials for you. Oh, you put, oh so see, look at this, Stevens. Hey, Brent, we got plenty of time, man. Any thoughts about this mock draft so far? <laughs> what's up, man? Josh you, Allen coming up. Let's save the time. Okay. Uh, but Who's that? That was, that was, first of all, well done. Like I, I like I. I have no idea you what you just said. Like I really don't. Like, yeah. but I love the creativity, man. I, yeah. I appreciate it. Like, who cares if Trey Smith from Louisville or Tennessee? I, I, I like the anime analogies. So, yeah. uh, and I'm sure a lot of people know it, and I'm okay not to know it. But yeah. uh, I actually think his first handful of picks are pretty nice. I agree with you. The Rondale Moore, uh, that seems a little high. Yeah. At 25, I'd be surprised if that's where they pick him. What they've been able to find in the second round, and since they have a pick at 33 and 45, what they've been able to find at wide receiver, that was a little stunning to see him there for me. Mm-hmm. So that was really my, the you know, the back end's the back end, but when you look at the first uh, handful of picks, I think that's the one that caught my attention where it's at. I, I'd be a little stunned if I see him go at 25. No, without a doubt. I think you could possibly get him at 33 or maybe even 45. Um, but listen, if Urban Meyer thinks that he's the guy to get, then, you know, pull the trigger. But I think there's other guys out there, obviously. Yeah, I would say. So, yeah. uh, hey, I love the connections, uh, the, the wrestling, the, the, the mayo, the anime. Your mock has been shocked and you're getting a t-shirt. Yes, sir. And it won't smell like mayo. No. Miracle Whip, maybe, but not mayo. <laughs> I love me some good Miracle Whip. By the way, like the anime, does like little, our logo for the Shock Your Mock have any kind of anime uh, feel to it? Steven, let's go to the judges. It's got potential. It's got potential. Potential. Got potential. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It'd be a pretty messed up anime. <laughs> Just looking at your face right now and my face as well. Like, what's going on in that? Are we we turning Super Saiyan? Who knows? We do have to pay some bills, man. We're so late. But uh, thanks for uh, Shock Your Mock. 
week number two in the books. T-shirts coming your way. We'll be back from Hidden Hills Golf Club. Josh Allen, Jaguars pass rusher or linebacker, joins us next on ESPN 690.